friends, you've now entered the Man Cave Podcast, unplugged and unfiltered. This is a podcast where the topics are mostly about sports, but sometimes we mix in some other items, like, is Bigfoot real? Who is the best Batman? You're guided through each episode by a man who's the man for his time and place, Dan Casper. So welcome to the Man Cave, and stick around for a while. You're going to like it here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by Hy-V and Toys and Ford. I'm your host, Dan Casper, as always. This episode of the Man Cave Podcast is a Dan Casper Show instant replay. Segments from my radio show, the Dan Casper Show, replayed right here on the Man Cave Podcast. Enjoy. Monday Night Football, Packers taking on the Rams. Packers. Looking to win out and maybe sneak into the postseason here. Can they do it? Can they actually do it? Going up against the Rams, who have also been one of the most uh, disappointing teams, right? One of the more disappointing teams uh, in the league this year. Super Bowl champions, defending Super Bowl champions. They've been hit with injuries. Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup. Aaron Donalds, you know, Allen Robinson and Matthew Stafford haven't really, when they were out on the field together, haven't, you know, developed that connection there. So you can look at, you know, some of these NFC teams and, you know, look at the beginning of the season and you look at, like, the Buccaneers and the Rams and the Packers, and those are probably three of the most disappointing teams, not just in the NFC, but in the entire NFL this year. So when we look at this game, and if you're kind of wondering, well, okay, what have the Rams maybe done decently this year? What have they done? If you kind of look at it in terms of the numbers, what have they been able to do this year? Well, again, injuries could be a factor in this thing. But if you're looking at total yards per game offensively, total yards averaged per game, Houston, or excuse me, Los Angeles is the second worst team in the entire NFL in terms of yards averaged per game offensively. The only team that's worse than them is the Houston Texans. The Rams averaging 283 yards per game. And you're like, now hold up a sec. That's Sean McVay. Yeah, that's... Look, at it's the offense. They're, they're supposed to be known for offense. Again, could be injuries. I think that is a big factor in everything here. But still, not that great. And your comparison sakes, Green Bay is about, ah, just about middle of the pack. 345.6 yards per game. If you kind of wanted to break it down in terms of uh, passing yards, you've got the, the Rams in the bottom third, Green Bay, Oh, about halfway again. If you want to do like rushing yards per game, we know the Rams have been kind of all over the place with their running game. Uh, They are the third worst team in the entire league in terms of rushing yards per game. They're only averaging 86.1 yards per game. The two teams that are worse than them, kind of surprising here. Chargers, 83.1, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the worst team in terms of rushing yards per game. 
74.3. One team that actually surprised me towards the bottom here is the Vikings. With Dalvin Cook and company over there, 95.4. 95.4. Again, Green Bay, kind of in the middle of the pack there, averaging 125.4 yards uh, per game. And these are all based off the, the entire season. Rams averaging 16.8 points per game, which is second worst in the entire league. Green Bay is towards that bottom third-ish. They're averaging about 20.2 points per game. So we know the Rams' offense has been poo-poo this year. It hasn't been good for various reasons. So what about the defense, right? What about the defense? Well, their defense has been about middle of the pack in terms of yards per game given up or allowing, I should say. Uh, they have been better than Green Bay if you're just looking at the numbers. The Rams have given up 330.5 yards total per game. Green Bay's defense has given up 347. If you want to break it down to uh, passing yards, again, this is, you know, there, there's more to be said about this because right now, you know, you're looking at it, it's like Green Bay's got the third best passing defense because if you see the graphics tonight, you know, it's going to pop up. It's going to say Green Bay's got the third-ranked pass defense. Well, it's based off of yards per game. But we know that there's maybe a little bit more to it. But Green Bay's given up 192.9 through the air so far this year. The Rams, meanwhile, they're about bottom of third, 228.6. But the Rams' rushing defense so far this year, and, and again, with Aaron Donald not being on the field, could have an impact in this too. But the Rams have been a top five team in terms of stopping the run this year. They are fourth best in the entire league, giving up just 101.9 on the ground. The only teams that have been better than them, 49ers, the Titans, and the Ravens. Ironically, the Chiefs. Everybody kind of talks about the Chiefs' defense. Are they good enough? Chiefs are the fifth best in terms of stopping the run this year. Uh, points per game. Po- excuse me. Points per game given up defensively. Green Bay and the Rams fairly similar. Rams twenty two point eight. Green Bay twenty three point two. So now that you kind of know the numbers, the rankings based off, you know, thirteen games in for both of these teams. Their fourteenth game will be played tonight. Obviously, what are some of your key matchups, keys to victories, all that fun stuff? Well. Even with the Rams doing a, a, a good job at, at stopping the run this year, at slowing down the run, I still feel like it's got to be an Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, feeding those guys, setting up the run, or establishing the run to set up the pass. Stick with the run. Be successful at running the football. Picking up some chunk plays, four yards, five yards. Because if you're establishing that run and you're having some success running the football and you're staying committed to running that football, that's what's going to allow you to have those deep plays to a Christian Watson or big plays to a Christian Watson or opening up the middle of the field for an Alan Lazard. 
Stick with the run. Even though with the Rams having success this year, you have got to win up front and open up some running lanes, open up some running holes for your two running backs. Get them involved, but have success. You can't start drives with negative plays. You can't start drives with you know, running the football and picking up a two-yard loss. And putting yourself in a second and long situation already. Or even getting into a third and long situation. Positive plays in the running game. And staying committed to it. That's what's going to make Christian Watson dangerous. That's what's going to open up the big plays down the field. I'll be curious, you know, Jalen Ramsey, right? Everybody talks about him. Talks about him as being one of the premier corners in the league. Who's he going to be matching up against? Is he going to follow anybody around tonight for, for Green Bay? Does he follow Christian Watson? Does he just line up and whoever lines up across from him, that's who he's going to take? You know, when Devontae was was with Green Bay, we knew that, you know, Jalen wanted to follow him. You know, it's just that was a little talking back and forth and that sort of thing. We remember that from the playoff game and such. But, you know, with, with Watson playing at the level that he has been right now and with his speed... Yeah, I would assume that maybe the Rams are going to try to put Ramsey on on Christian Watson, uh, you know, as much as they prob- probably can. But also, too, you know, does that open up opportunities for Romeo Dobbs, who's going to be coming back? And Matt LaFleur kind of, you know, mentioned the other day, too, about, you know, expectations for Romeo Dobbs coming back from his injury and missing the last few weeks here. Maybe, you know, not going to be going out there and playing 90% of the snaps and such. But with the level that Christian Watson has been playing at these last few weeks and and kind of adding Romeo Dobbs into the situation, I'll be, be kind of, you know, this might be our first glimpse of what potentially this passing offense can look like for the next few years. It's not going to be the tell-all, depending on what happens tonight, but maybe we can get a little bit of a glimpse of it. But you have to win up front. You have to open up those run lanes. Allow Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon to pick up some chunk plays. Four yards, five yards. That'll help out the passing game. That'll get things going, right? Also, easier said than done, probably at this point, too. Other keys to victory. You know, looking at it, and you're like, well, Rams, they haven't been good at running the football this year, so maybe that'll actually help out this Packers run defense. I mean, you know, their their leading runner is just Cam Akers so far this year, who's, you know, carried the ball for 11 or uh, 113 attempts in 11 games for just 376. You know, they haven't been haven't been able to do that. You know, Daryl Henderson was there for a little bit, but they just have not been able to run the football. So you're thinking, hey, that maybe actually helps out the Packers' run defense tonight. All right, well, take advantage. Don't let you know the Rams be able to establish the run. Just because they've been struggling at running the freaking football this year, don't. Don't give them any confidence in running the dang football. Don't. 
you know, and and also too, looking at uh, the, this Rams defense, they've got three guys who have five sacks this year. Those are team leaders. Jalen Ramsey's actually got two sacks. He's like, uh, well, he'd be tied for fifth on this on this roster right now. But one of them won't be playing, Aaron Donald. The other is Leonard Floyd. And the other is Bobby Wagner, the longtime Seattle linebacker. Now, probably haven't heard a whole lot about Bobby Wagner this year. And I think a lot of that is just due to because, well, the Rams have struggled this year. But Bobby Wagner already has 111 tackles so far this year. He's got five sacks. He's got an interception. He's got four passes defense. He's got seven tackles for losses. You still have to be aware of Bobby Wagner, where he's at on the field. Because he can still cause a little disruption out there. He can still be a player who affects games, right? So, 45 out there. That's going to be key. To kind of, you know, and you know Aaron Rodgers is going to be paying attention to where Bobby Wagner's lining up and where he's going to be at on the field. But I got to imagine if you're the Rams, you're going to try to let Bobby Wagner loose and you're probably going to let him try to, you know, put a little bit more pressure on the quarterback. He's probably going to be really effective in trying to slow down the run game of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. He's going to hit those holes. So that's what's going to be really imperative for this offensive line to get to that next level in that blocking so that Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon can get to that next level, get those four yards, get those five yards, and not be stuffed at the line of scrimmage or not be stuffed behind the line of scrimmage. And, you know, obviously with Green Bay having, you know, if they can establish that run and, and picking up some chunk plays here, being able to hit the big plays, being able to be effective in the passing game, giving Aaron a little bit of time, receivers. You know, if you're able to establish that run, being able to hit on the big plays, that's kind of where I look at this game. Green Bay should win this game. They should. But how many times have we said that this year with this team? Right? How many times have we thought that they should have, you know, should have won? And and we'll see how when the season ends. And I'm sure there will be some people out there like, you know, if the Giants make the postseason, well, that loss against the Giants was against the postseason team. Jets, we'll see what if they make it in. Washington, we'll see if they make it in. You know, Tennessee, Detroit, for crying out loud, they might make it in here too. You never know. So maybe the losses look a little bit better, but I'm not. I, I don't want to use that as an excuse. This was a team that was supposed to, you know, contend for a Super Bowl this year, and the fact that we have to talk about winning, winning out here just to have a little bit of a hope, a little bit of a hope to to get in the postseason. That's that's disappointing. The biggest thing to to me for for Green Bay has just been their inconsistency this year, and that's the only thing that's really kind of like. That's the wild card in this game for me. Like, Green Bay has the advantage in a lot of areas in this game. On paper, through the eye test. But it's just been the inconsistency. 
inconsistency from this team that that gives me a little bit of pause. That makes me nervous for every single game left. Has made me nervous for every single game the last few weeks. You know, you look at Chicago at the beginning of December. They had to have a come from behind victory to get that victory. I just want Green Bay to go out there, look refreshed, dominate the game from quarter one to quarter four, and build some confidence and build some momentum into that huge Christmas Day game. And everybody's, you know, we talked a little bit about it on Friday. I don't give a rip about the weather. Green Bay could say that's Green Bay weather. Packer football weather. It's cold. We know, yes, the Rams is going to be one of the coldest games that they've ever played in their history, in their franchise history. I get it. We get it. We all get it. But the thing is, in the last few years, weather hasn't been a big factor for Green Bay. Let's be real. The numbers show it. We talked about it last week. Aaron Rodgers is, what, 4-4 four and four in, in games that are like, was, was the temperature 15, 20 degrees or lower or something like that? 4-4. Four and four. If the weather was such a factor, if Lambeau Field was this big-time factor, Green Bay would have won last year in the postseason against San Fran. Might have had another Super Bowl in here. I just, I, I'm not, I don't think weather is this big-time factor. I think it could be for a team like Green Bay. I just don't know if I trust them to use it the right way. I think playing in cold weather is just a mindset. Do you let it creep in your mind? Do you let it creep in and like, and then you start to, you know, anybody who's like kind of maybe gone a little deer hunting or such, and it's really cold and such, and then the, like when you start to think about it a little bit, that's when maybe you start to get the shakes here a little bit. Then you try to get your mind off of it. You try to think of something else. But I feel like once you, once it's set in your mind that you're freezing or you're cold, that's when it takes over. So I think to me, playing in the cold, it's it's a little bit more of a mindset here. But I don't, you know, they've been talking about all last week and leading up to this game, and even you know, you you go on the socials and, and the media, social media stuff, and that, and they're talking about the cold weather and all that. I, I don't buy it as a huge advantage anymore. I just don't. The numbers are there. I don't see it. I think it could be, but they haven't been able to do it. So stop talking about it. Just go out there and take care of your business and win the dang game from quarter one all the way to the finish line at court at the end of quarter four. You have the advantage in a lot of different areas. You know you have to win out. You know you have to take care of your business in order to have a shot to make it in. We're all going to be scoreboard watching in these last few weeks, but it's not going to matter. Unless Green Bay takes care of their own business. And it starts tonight. Take care of business against the Rams. Don't think about Christmas Day. Don't think about going down to Miami. Don't think about Jalen Waddell and, and, and Tyreek Hill and that passing offense and that speed. Don't think about that stuff. Think about Baker Mayfield. Think about Bobby Wagner. Think about taking care of business, dominating the game, getting that momentum, Getting some confidence. This is your postseason. Right here. This is it. This final quarter. What do you got left in the tank? You're coming off your bye week. You should be well rested for the final four. There should be no excuses about, 
Well, they look tired. They look exhausted. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to see that. Go out there and take care of your own. You should be able to fluster Baker here a little bit. You should be able to create some turnovers. You should be able to control the line of scrimmage and stopping the run from the Rams. So let's do it. I want to see an epic defensive performance tonight. I want to see a defense that's flying around. I want to see a sound, disciplined defense. A defense that's not allowing big plays. A defense that's not freelancing. I want to see a defense that just goes out and dominates. Doesn't let Baker Mayfield get into a little bit of a groove. Doesn't make him look like a, oh, that's 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 the number one overall pick from a few years ago. Don't let Baker Mayfield have some highlight plays tonight. Come on. I want to see a defense go out there and be aggressive but play sound and disciplined football and not allow big plays and not allow the Rams to kind of hang around. Shut them out. Get it done. I just want to see a complete game. And then we can focus on that Christmas Day game. Your tailgating headquarters is at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. Their top-of-the-line meat department, which includes the Dan Good Burger, will make you the talk of your tailgate party. And the dips for snacking? Those are what will make you an MVP on game days. And you never have to worry about Hy-Vee not having what you need because their shelves and coolers are always stocked up with your favorite goods. Be the MVP of your tailgate party with the help from another MVP. That's Hy-Vee in Eau Claire, located at 2424 East Claremont Avenue. Family-owned and operated, Toys and Ford is proud to serve the drivers of the Chippewa Valley with some of the most popular vehicles around Wisconsin and the country. They're committed to giving drivers from across the area the best in customer service with a top-notch selection of brand-new vehicles to choose from, as well as an extensive inventory of pre-owned crossover SUV and trucks. Plus, with their expert finance, service, and parts centers in-house, they strive to be your one-stop dealership for all of your automotive needs. Visit them today at 1000 Chippewa Crossing Boulevard in Chippewa falls but we kick off this hour like we usually do every monday with the little studs and duds who's the stud and who's the dud you decide right now on the dan casper show all right so my studs and duds i've got one each i try to limit it to just like one or two for each category in here but uh, my one, my my stud, I'm going to go with the Joker, Nikola Jokic from uh, the Denver Nuggets. So he dropped 40 points and had a career-high 27 rebounds and 10 assists in another triple-double the other night when um, when uh, the, uh, the, the Nuggets beat the, the Hornets there. But... He also joined Will Chamberlain and Elgin Baylor to become the third player in NBA history to record at least 40 points, 25 rebounds, and 10 assists in a game. Will Chamberlain actually did it four times. So other than than the Joker, Chamberlain is also the only other player to put up a stat line of at least 40, 27, and 10, which, again, Chamberlain did at least 10 times so those that that's my stud is the joker who 
you know, back-to-back MVP right now, just getting it done again this year. He's already he already has uh, his he's got five triple doubles this season, an 81 overall. When you look at his stat line, uh, he's averaging 25.2 points per game, which is just 18th in the league. But he's six in rebounds, 10.9. And he's averaging nine assists per game, which is third in the league. We're talking about a six foot eleven, two hundred and eighty-five pound center who's third in the league in assists right now. Dude's a stud. My dud, it's pretty easy. If you haven't seen the ending of that Patriots game, uh do yourself a favor and go look it up. Unless you are a Patriots fan and then you don't want to revisit it. But and that's kind of where my press pass is going in this thing too is that you know if I could ask Bill Belichick one question and actually get a truthful answer from 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 Bill Belichick you know because this is a guy who how many times talks about coaching and I think there there was a quote he had said one time let me see if I can bring it up cuz I think Albert Breer had just had retweeted or had tweeted what the quote was, then I'm like, oh, that's that's definitely a Bill Belichick quote. And we know, you know, coaches can't be on the field and and holding the hands of of players and, and telling them, you know, every single thing here. But, you know, for for my press pass question, if I could ask Bill Belichick one question, obviously I would be asking him something about yeah, you know, what was going through your mind when you're watching this play unfold, the the lateral and that sort of thing. Like, what, what is going through your mind? But uh, the quote was, um, Bill Belichick once said, you're either coaching it or you are allowing it. Now, Jacoby Myers, who was the one who threw the, the backwards lateral, threw the pick there, he had said this after the game, just trying to do too much, trying to be a hero. I thought I saw Mac open. I didn't see Chandler Jones at that time. I thought Mac was open and tried to get it to him and let him try to make a play with it, but the score was tied, so I should have just went down. That's the thing. It's tied. You're going to go to overtime. It's not the appropriate time to do some lateraling and do some trick plays and all that. I do wonder with Myers if he was, you know, when when Stevenson picked up the 23 yards and then he lateraled it. I think I wonder if that kind of caught him off guard and that kind of like set the telephone or the the domino effect. Like, oh, he lateraled to me, so I got to lateral it. You know, that sort of thing. But Myers also said, you know, after the game, the instructions in the huddle were just run the ball, go down. So I wonder if that was kind of a domino effect there a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, he got the ball. It's like, oh, crap. Okay, we're doing this thing. We're doing it. I'm not trying to make excuses for him. But, I mean, that was just overall a dud of a performance from the entire team there in that situation. Got to know the situation. You got to do better. I mean, holy moly. That was awful. That was just downright embarrassing. So that's my dud is the uh, the Patriots ending of that game against the Raiders. All right, before we get back to some more green and gold chat here, let's chat a little hoops because we got a big basketball game tonight too between the Bucks. I know it's early season, and obviously they're going up against a Packers game tonight. But this is a big-time hoops game that you can listen to on the radio dial here. Bucks, Pelicans. Pelicans, the second seed right now in the Western Conference. They've been kind of going back and forth with Memphis at the top there. But Memphis holding on to a one-game lead. 
in uh, for first place in the Western Conference. Bucks right now are the first seed in the Eastern Conference after the Boston Celtics have gone five and five in their last ten, where the Bucks have gone seven and three in their last ten. So right now the Bucks holding the slight advantage in terms of win percentage over the Celtics. Bucks have a seven twenty four win percent. Boston seven ten. Uh, but you look at this Pelicans team, perhaps one of the the more pleasant surprising pleasant surprises of of the NBA so far. And, you know, last week we were talking about the discrepancies in these home and away records for a lot of teams in the NBA. Pelicans are one of those teams. 12-3 and three at home, 6-8 and eight on the road. And this game is in New Orleans. And the Bucks so far on the road this year, they're one of actually the few teams that have a winning record on the road, 7-5. and five. You know what the weird one is? The Knicks. The Knicks are 7-7 seven and seven at Madison Square Garden, but 10-6. and six. On the road, they're four games above 500 on the road. Boston's 11 and five uh, on the road here too. Bucks, remember, they've played a ton of home games to begin the season, so they may not have as many road games as as some of these other teams uh, out here. But you're looking at Memphis; they're on a three-game losing streak. They've lost uh, back-to-back games against the Jazz. They just lost against the Suns. They've played the Suns three times, three times in the last one, two, three, four, five games been Suns, Jazz, Jazz, Suns, Suns. So they get a little bit of a change up here. But when you look at this Pelicans team, you know, when you ask people, all right, well, name a person on the Pelicans team. The first one's going to be Zion, right? Zion Williamson. we got Brandon Ingram, who's also on this team. you got C.J. McCollum. I mean, that's a nice, young, three, uh, three-headed, three-person team there. I know McCollum is probably a little bit older. He was drafted in uh, you know 2013, so he's kind of the veteran of this group. But you pair him up with Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, that's a nice trio right there. It's a nice young team. They're 18-11 on the season. They're obviously a different team when Zion's you know, healthy this year and being on the court and being an effective player, playing like what they expected him to be when they drafted him number one overall a couple of years ago. And I've been seeing some people kind of talk about, is this kind of like Memphis from last year? You know, Memphis, a younger team, surprised a lot of people last year, making the postseason. Could that be the Pelicans of this year? Maybe. you got Memphis and the Pelicans on the top in the Western Conference right now. But this is going to be a tough test. For the Bucks, these next few uh, few games are going to be tough tests. It's all going to be on the road. Five games, straight up on the road, and four of the five be against some of the premier teams in the entire NBA. Starts tonight with the Pelicans, Cleveland, the third seed in the East right now. Wednesday, fourth seed in the East on Friday, Brooklyn, and as of right now, the the two seed, but it could go back and forth. Boston on Christmas Day. Tough, tough stretch coming up here for the Bucks. And tonight it sounds like we won't have Chris Middleton. Um, I know Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out, uh, was it uh, three days ago, a couple days ago, that Joe Inglis is targeting his return versus New Orleans. But if you look at some of the latest, uh, you know, the the designation on the, on the 17th, 
And when they played Utah, he was out. So maybe we'll see Joe Inglis make his debut for the Bucks tonight. Maybe. Possibly. But that was from Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, was it Friday or Saturday? A couple days ago when he posted that up there. But that would be nice to kind of see him and kind of get our first glimpse of what he could bring to the table. We keep hearing about him. We, we know about like his three-point shooting and such throughout his career, right? We, we've heard about that. And he's a career uh, 40.8% from the three. He's only played with Utah. Last year with Utah, he shot 34.7, but the year before that, an astounding 45. I would love it if we can get that performance from three, from 45, 45% from there. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Big thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. And a reminder, never miss an episode of the Man Cave Podcast by subscribing to the Man Cave Podcast. We're already on your favorite podcasting platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. And don't forget to give us a solid rating too. That way other people can find the Man Cave Podcast. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper, and we'll see you in the Man Cave.